Well, hey everyone, welcome to The Bridge Online. I'm so thankful that you're taking just a few minutes of your time to join us. It really does mean a lot for you to be part of our online family. And my name is Kenny, I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm really excited because today we start a brand new series called The Struggle Is Real. And this is a series for all of us parents. So if you are a parent, just identify yourself. I was thinking about an emoji and um, could you put some prayer hands in the little chat area? Cause that is the real struggle right there. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't know what season of life you're in if you are a parent, um, but I wanted to try to just help us out a little bit. Um, I have three children. I'll tell you about them in just a moment. But if you are currently in the preschool stage of parenting, uh, put a little check mark in the box or go, that's me. If you're in the preschool area of parenting, uh, stage of parenting, you know, the struggle is so real uh, for preschool parents because it's like taking a blender. You put all of this stuff, there's good stuff, there's healthy stuff, um, there's protein, there's a lot of stuff in the blender. So many dreams, so many wishes, so many desires. But as a preschooler, it's like turning the blender on without ever putting the lid on. You never know what's gonna happen and it's just gonna be crazy. The, what preschool parents need most, sleep. That's what they need the most. I mean, look at this picture. You can easily see everything they have going on in their life. And here's the deal. They don't wanna sleep like a, a, a baby. The mom just wants to sleep like her husband. Isn't that true? Come on, we know, we know that's true. But that's the preschool stages of parenting. The struggle is real. How about all of our elementary parents? Can you uh, just put a little check mark, put a little emoji, uh, giving us a sign there that you're in the preschool, I mean, the elementary stage of, uh, of parenting. Now, the, the deal with this stage of parenting, I remember it well. Um, the, the thing that this stage needs the most, these parents, is prayer. That's what you need because you are hypersensitive about your child, your son or daughter, making these life-altering decisions even as they go off to first grade. So it's like this picture. You are snooping and peeking at everything. You're checking the book bag when they come home, make sure there's no drugs in it. You're doing background checks on all of their friends in second grade. I understand this struggle and it's real. Um, how about the teenage stage of parenting? Um, any teenage parents uh, online, again, just let us know if that's you. You not only need prayer, you need fasting. We understand this completely for you um, because everything is crazy. Everything is chaotic. Everything is confusing. Um, it's like this little picture here that I saw for the teenage parent. The doctor says, do you have kids? Yes, I have three kids. Well, do you drink? Yes, I have three kids. So this is, this is the struggle for teenage parents. Um, so we understand that. Uh, what about the uh, empty nest parents? Are you uh, in the room today? Just kind of let us know. Do you know what the empty nest parents, what they need the most? Nothing. They are completely free. They have their life back. They have their time back. They have their money back. So we're, we're all in different stages of parenting. And I want to say this, if you're not a parent right now, the principles we're going to be talking about are transferable to all relationships of your life. And here's why. Because nothing impacts us more 
than our family relationships. Um, nothing stays with us longer than our family relationships. So even if you're not a parent, you have family members. And what we'll be talking about, again, are so transferable to all of your relationships. This is going to be a great series for all of us. Now, my wife and I, we have three children. Here is a picture of our daughter. Uh, she is entering her second year of college, and I love this picture. By the way, all three of these pictures I'll show you, we took at camp last week uh, from our student camp. Uh, Kara is uh, a cheerleader, no doubt, for her friends. I love this picture because in a referee shirt, she is for them. She's wanting them to make great decisions. Uh, I love the glitter on her face. Uh, she is creative. She's artsy. And I love that she is with DJ Overflow because that is her jam. She is the dancer. She brings the energy uh, to our family. So many family dances have started because of our daughter, Cara Dean. Uh, this is our son, Micah. He will be a junior at Travis High School. And um, I want you to notice Micah's muscles. They're nothing like mine. Um, but what I really want you to see is his shirt or the lack thereof. This isn't just one shirt that he has in his drawer. These are all of the shirts he has. He walks out with a shirt that has been cut up to shreds. And I'm like, we just bought that last week. And he's like, I know, look at my muscles. So we're living in that stage with him right now. And this is our youngest son, Zach. <laughs> uh, he brings the fun to our family. Uh, he will be a freshman in high school. So funny, so fun. And those are our kids. We love them, they're all unique so unique and so weird to us that they would come from us, but yet be so different. And we have learned in parenting that we parent each one of them differently as well. The way I communicate to my boys is totally different how I communicate to my daughter. The way I communicate and discipline my daughter is totally different than how I would communicate and discipline to my boys. And here's the deal. This is a, a very vulnerable statement about me. The voice I have heard in my life about being a parent over and over and over and over and over is this. You are a terrible parent. Can anybody join me? Do you hear that voice at all? Early in the morning at different times, I'll wake up and just hear, you're a terrible parent. And it just so many times that chatter does not go away. So here's what this series is about. This series is about encouraging you as a parent. And this series is about putting tools in your tool belt as a parent that hopefully, that hopefully it will help you become a better parent. Because here's what I believe about you. You want to be a great parent. I believe that. I want to be a great parent. So we're gonna talk about things that go against the voices that we hear that we're no good. We're, we're, we're a terrible parent or whatever voice that you might hear. We're going to look into God's word together to see what he has to say to us about parenting and the tools that he wants to give us to be what we really want to be. And that is a great parent. So let me tell you just some a parenting truth real fast. I have three of them. I'm going to share one now and two a little bit later on in the message. Here's the first parenting truth. You see it on your screen. You are the greatest influencer in your 
child's life. You are. Now, this is a great gift that God has given you. No one else on the planet, when your child gets touched, no one else's touch means more than your touch. No one else's hug brings a greater significance of warmth and encouragement than your hug. No one else's voice lands heavier and softer than your voice. This is just how God designed it. So God has given you a gift of influence in your child's life that no other parent has. Welcome to being an influencer. I have a lot of people who call me a lot of things. Pastor, Kenny, small group leader, friend, teacher, preacher, but I only have three that call me dad. That's it. And the same is true for you as well. So what is the first struggle tool that we can talk about today? Here's the first struggle tool that you can put in your pocket, and that's this. Make it personal. Make it personal. That when it comes to parenting, I want to start by talking about you, the greatest influencer in your child's life. And I want to talk about make it personal. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but when the doctor gave us our child, especially our first one, it's new. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. The child hands us our dog. I mean, the, the doctor hands us our child. We put Kara in the car. We strap her in, you know, and we put the little thing over her head so her head doesn't wobble around like a weeble wobble. And we're driving so slow out of the parking lot. And I looked at Valerie and I went, they just put a kid in our car. Is this going to be good? We can't make plants live in our car, and we have a living human being that we're responsible for now. The fear, the terror, what are we doing? Here's what I want to encourage you with. God has given us a great manual on parenting. And what I want to talk about first, though, is how his words impact your life. Not your kid's life, but your life. One of the first books of the Bible is Deuteronomy. Moses wrote it, and there is a passage that is called the Shema. Every little Jewish boy and girl would memorize this Shema as early as they possibly could. Maybe if you know the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, and you memorize that early on in your life, well, for a Jewish little boy or girl, they would have memorized the Shema very early on in their life. And that's the passage I want to use to talk about, make it personal. And the Shema actually starts in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 6. You sit there on your screen, and here's what it says at the beginning. Listen closely, Israel. This is a nation God had formed. He had built so precious to him. And be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. All will go well with you. Literally, it doesn't mean go well as something in the future. What it literally means is all will be well in the present with you. And what will be well with you all? Relationally, emotionally, spiritually, all will be well with you. So here's a great encouragement. If something in your life, your relationships, your marriage, your finances, emotionally, mentally, parentally, if it's not all well with you, this is a great passage for us today. 
And he goes on and here's what he says. All will be well or go well with you. Verse four, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Now I want to tell you a little Bible study secret. Whenever you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's different than capital L, lowercase o-r-d. When you see that word, God's name, in all capital letters, it literally means his relational covenant name. That God has looked at you, the Lord has looked at you and said, I love you, period. No matter what. I will not flinch in the face of adversity when it comes to loving you. I will not back away when you stumble in your life. My heart is set on you. My eyes are fixed on you. I am not Lord God Almighty of heavens, though he is. This word, when all caps, is his relational covenant name with you. So at the very beginning of the Shema reading, we actually discover a God, the Lord, who is not handing out rules on how to be a good parent. He's handing out a relationship with himself on how to be a good parent. God knows this starts with us. If you want to be a better parent, it's not on going and picking up another book that has a lot of great principles, which we'll talk about later on. No, no, no. It begins with this relationship, me and you. And I want you to know who I am. I'm one who's not going to leave you and I'm not going to forsake you. And I am for you. I am for your sons. I am for your daughters. I want the best for them. But I also want the best for you, that all will be well with you. And that's where he starts. Look at the next verse and you'll see this. Verse five and six, love, I love that. See the relationship? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Look at this. Commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. The first part of being a great parent is your heart, your soul, your strength wholeheartedly for you to love him. And then here comes the plan, the second part. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you were at home and when you were on the road, when you were going to bed and when you are getting up. Now, we're going to talk more about that later on. How do you do that? How do you have those conversations? The part I want to talk about just real fast is the love the Lord your God. Make it personal. Let me ask you a question. How is your relationship with the Lord? Where is it? Is it suffering? Is it stronger than ever? Can you remember a time when you maybe loved him a little bit more? Come on, my encouragement to you is just take the next step in your journey with him. Take the next step in loving him. This, this parenting thing that we're on is really a journey. It's not just a one destination. It's not a one stop. This is a journey. So as a parent, I'm assuming you will, like I have, I've had my good times as a parent. I've had my bad times as a parent. I've done things as a parent that I go, I'm just telling you, I hit the ball out of the park with that one right there. And then there are times as a parent, I go, God, please never let them remember this moment. Please ever, God, ever. This is a journey that we are on. And when I mentioned that you have the greatest influence in your child's life, here's what that means. Your child, 
gets a front row seat to watching how a relationship with God is lived out. You know, have you ever heard that phrase that a lot of parents use? Um, hey, don't do as I do, just do as I say, right? That doesn't work with kids. Come on, we all know this, right? Because they have a fake detector built in and they can smell and see a fake half a mile away. And so God knows this. So he goes, listen, let's start with your relationship with me first is where I want to begin. So steps to making it personal. What are the steps that you can take to make it personal? Let's talk about our spiritual steps first. Before I do, I want to give you an illustration. A couple of weeks ago, I was on a plane going to Georgia and uh, you know, right when you get on the plane and they close the door, the stewardess starts giving all of these uh, uh, rules or safety tips is a better word. And just in case something happens. Um, and of course, everyone on the plane is paying attention. Um, but on this one particular time, I actually had my AirPods in and I was listening to something and I saw her do something and I went, that is exactly how we parent. What a great step for us as parents. Been on a plane, you know it. It's the oxygen bag. It comes up and they hold it over on the side and then what do they do? They drop it down and then the instructions are very clear. Put it on yourself first. I didn't know how this actually went. Put it on yourself first. Now, in an accident, how many of us would really do that, right? I mean, it's man, our treasure is sitting next to us. It's our son or our daughter. Our first instinct would be help them first. But again, the airlines are going, no, 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 no. You can't help put oxygen on them if you don't have oxygen. You can't help them breathe properly if you're not breathing properly. And when it comes to a spiritual step that we can take, the question is this, are you breathing in and out the oxygen that God wants your soul to have? Or is your time being given totally to your son or to your daughter? Are you running around so fast paced that you're not taking time to breathe in what God has for your life? And everything you're doing for your son or your daughter is probably a good thing. It's probably what you think is best for them. But what God would say is, don't forget, love the Lord your God first. Breathe in my word first. Take care of your soul first. And here's some just some examples from Scripture. Look at this. It says this in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He knew I got to take care of myself and my father first. Uh, in Mark chapter six, verse 31, it says this. There were so many people coming and going. Jesus said to his disciples, hey, let's go off by ourselves where we will be alone and you can rest for a while. Here's the principle that I wrote down. Look at this. There is a direct link between your ability to parent outwardly and your growth internally. There is a direct link to your ability to parent your child the way you want to parent, to parent your child the way God wants you to parent. There is a, 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 a link to what I'm getting from God and what I'm giving to my child. And it's inescapable. 
You can't get away from it. So what steps can we take? Let me give you some advice. I remember Rick Warren saying this a long time ago and it was so good. You'll see it on the screen. Here's the very first thing, divert daily. Have at least five minutes alone with God. Divert daily, withdraw weekly that you have an extended period of time, maybe an hour where it's on a Saturday, a Friday night, maybe on a Sunday where it is your time with God and you just breathe in what's happened during the week. And then if you could abandon annually, that you get away with your family, with your spouse. Maybe you get away for a few days by yourself to just seek God, to pray and to go, God, hey, I'm needing you again for another year but that you carve out time just like Jesus did to be with him. Now, I, I love this reminder for all of us as individuals, not just parents. This is a good word for all of us. Psalm 46, 10, here's what it says. Be still and know that I am God. Hey, wherever you are, if you're in your car, if you're in your living room, in your kitchen, at your office, could we just say this out loud together? Just wherever you are, it's okay. Say it out loud. Psalm 46, 10 says this, be still and know that I am God. Now, I, I love doing this. I love looking, what does that word really mean? And what does that word really mean? If you take be still and know, and look up what those words in Hebrew really mean, here's how that verse reads, and just see if this is practical to your life. Quit striving, cease running, stop fighting, and understand, realize, and know that I'm God. What a great word. Hey, just cease striving. Stop running back and forth to all the practices. Quit fighting with one another and believe. Know I'm God. I love your son more than you do. I love your daughter more than you'll ever know. And I love you more than you'll ever know. So just take time with me. So the first step we can take as parents is, hey, let's take care of ourselves first spiritually. Here's another step that we could take as parents, a relational step, a relational step. I love what Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, let us not give up in the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. Are there people in your life, other parents in your life who encourage you? Encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. You know, it's so interesting. If COVID did one thing, it did a lot of things, and I think time will play out the damage it's done to so many of us. But one thing it did was, if you remember, it shut down churches. It shut down the ability to go back to churches. Some may still even be shut down. Uh, this verse is such a great reminder to us, but hey, when you can get back, when you feel comfortable getting back, you need to be in the habit of being with other believers. Why? Because there's encouragement there. And I don't know about you, but I believe every parent needs encouragement. Every parent needs, hey, we're going to get through this together. Hey, I understand. I have a teenager as well and a drinking problem. So yeah, I get it. I understand where you are. Let's get through this thing together. I love what the Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Here's how the first Christians acted. The first Christians met day after day, where? In the temple courts and from house to house. 
I believe that every believer needs to have a family, a spiritual family, that they attend every single week when possible, and every believer needs a small group. You sit in someone's home, you gather at Starbucks, and you sit in a circle, and someone's looking at you going, how are you doing? Spiritually, how are you doing? Hey, how can we around this table pray for you? This is how the movement actually began. They worshiped together and they met together. So it's a relational step. By the way, remember how I told you that uh, a parenting truth was you are the greatest influence in your child's life. I wanna share another parenting truth. This is number two. You'll see it on the screen. Here's what it says. You are not the only influencer in your child's life. You are the greatest influencer, but you're not the only influencer. So, especially for single parents, whatever church you're a part of, make sure your son or your daughter is connected to a small group, connected to a group of people who you can partner with to do life with and to help your son or daughter take a step. Uh, let me give you a parenting truth uh, number three, by the way. Um, here's what it says. Two combined influences will make a greater impact. You are a great influence. You're not the only influence. Well, what if you could take two great influences and put them together, right? You remember, this, you remember the story, uh, the movie Ghostbusters? Remember that? Uh, you know, to kill the marshmallow dude, they couldn't, what? Cross the streams. Don't ever, ever cross the streams. But you remember what they chose to do? They crossed the streams and it gave a powerful impact to take down the stuffed marshmallow pie dude, right? Anyway, but you remember the story. I mean, this is what happened. At our church at the bridge, here's how we put it. Red and yellow make orange. So always think orange. Uh, the yellow is the mission, the ministry of the church that we want to teach your child that God made them for a mission and a purpose. Uh, the red is the love of the home, that in your home, that they would understand how much God loves them by how you parent them. And together, when we partner together, it creates this beautiful color of orange that two influences can create a powerful impact for your son or your daughter. So think spiritual steps. Think relational steps. Take a step relationally. The third thing, and I'll end with this, is marital steps. That you would take a step in your marriage. And you go, well, why do you mention my marriage? Studies show over and over. One of the healthiest things that you can actually give your son or your daughter is a healthy marriage. That they watch a mom and a dad love one another in the good times, in the bad times, work things out when they need to work things out but they're honest and they get a front row seat to a place called home where no matter what happens in this crazy world outside of these doors, I've got a mom and a dad who are going to love me no matter what. How do I know that? Because they love each other no matter what. And they get to watch what love really is. Um, I, I, I love this verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 9. It says this, enjoy life with your wife. Hey, if you're married and you, you're sitting next to one another, I want you to just reach out and hold hands. And if you're separated in the room, we won't ask why. 
I want you to get beside one another. Go ahead, just get up, go sit beside one another. And I want you to hold hands, just interlock. If you wanna put your arm around one another, you can do that. But I just want you to do that for just a moment. All right, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Good, 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 good. I want you to watch the screen of this truth. Your spouse is not the enemy. Your spouse, the person you're holding hands with, the person you had your arm around, they are not the enemy. But listen, there is an enemy. And that enemy's goal is to separate the commitment you made to one another. That enemy's goal is to wedge himself in between the love you have for one another. Your spouse is not the enemy, but there is an enemy. And, and, and when you read every parenting book, it's about a marriage. It's one of the greatest stabilities and foundations you can give to your son or your daughter. Now, I want to stop for just a moment. The verse I just read was enjoy life with your, uh, with your wife or with your husband, your spouse. Um, let's just be honest and admit there are times um, you might like your spouse, but you don't love them. And we use different phrases. The fire's gone. Man, I, I just don't feel any passion anymore. I want to encourage you with another verse. Here's what this verse says. This is Jesus, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is will also be where your heart is. Wherever your treasure is, your heart's going to be right there. So here's the advice. Make your spouse your treasure. You did this when you were first dating. You went out of your way. You wrote notes. You sent little texts. You did these little bitty things. Why? Because your husband or your wife, they were your treasure. So guess what? Your heart was also there. Here's what happens in life. Life. And our, our treasure just moves. Our treasure becomes our job. Our treasure becomes our salary. Our treasure becomes our stuff. And when our treasure moves, so does our heart. This is what Jesus said. He said, wherever your treasure is, your heart is going to be connected to your treasure. And the older we get, our treasure just changes. Maybe perhaps our treasure becomes our kid. And that can be even more dangerous because we forget that it's our son or our daughter that joined our family, but we flip it around over time and it's like we joined their family. And so in doing so, our treasure has become our children instead of one another. And so encouragement is this, make the treasure your spouse. Date them again. Kiss them again. Write notes again. Buy the little things again. And here's what Jesus says. If that becomes your treasure, if your wife, your husband becomes your treasure, your heart will follow. It's this principle. You see it on the screen. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. So my challenge to all of us parents, make it personal. Let it begin with us spiritually. Let's breathe in who God is in our life. Take five minutes every day to spend time with God. In the morning, maybe at night, maybe you want to do the 5-5 five, five challenge. You go, what's the 5-5 five, five challenge? First five minutes I wake up, I'm going to spend time with God. Last five minutes when I get in bed, I'm going to spend time with God. 
it won't be my phone five for five. It'll be the first five with him and the last five with him. Make it personal, relational. If you're not in a small group, get in a small group. Get your son or your daughter in a small group. Come back to church or go to a great church in your area. Maritally speaking, take a step toward one another. There is an enemy and you're not married to him. Love one another, treasure one another. But more than anything, what have we learned today? Treasure your heavenly father more than anything else because he does see you as a treasure. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this series. We just admit as parents, we need help. <laughs> we need you. We need the Holy Spirit who is the comforter. Scripture says he's the guide, he's the teacher, he is the encourager, he is the enabler. We need the Holy Spirit's power and advice and leadership in our life so that we can parent well. God, the challenge today is what we also need. It starts with our relationship with you. God, teach us how you are a perfect father to us. Your love is perfect. God, you're patient. You're so kind, incredibly wise. Your discipline is always for the heart. God, thank you for being such a great father to us. During this series, our minds are open, our hearts are open to learning from you, the best parent of all, how to be a good parent because the struggle really is real. And it's in your name we pray, amen.